0: Well, I have been going through a series of the book of Jonah. Mm -hmm. We've done chapter one, where we read about Jonah being sent by God, and he decides to go the opposite ways, and he runs Mm -hmm. away from God. Mm -hmm. And the topic, I remember, it was, you can run, but you cannot hide from God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And we saw that Jonah, when he was... He was told by the Lord to go to uh, Nineveh. He decided to go to Tarshish. Mm -hmm. And he got into the boat, and he decided to go even under, downstairs, just to go and sleep so that he can be hiding far, far, far from God. But that was not far enough. God saw him. And everything came out. And even the Gentiles who were the owner of the boat, they realized, there was something that was not right because of the storm that was happening in the boat. Then we came to chapter two, where we we learned about Jonah being in this wonderful uber called the whale, in the fish belly. He's there in the dark, so smelly, he can't even shower, he can't do anything, he's just there, and then you realize, wow, I'm just about to die, better make my ways right. And then he comes into these senses and he starts praying to God, calling upon the Lord, asking the Lord and talking about how God is good, how God is awesome. You know, sometimes when I read the Bible, I even relate to the way things are in this world. When you talk to any child, a child will tell you how great the father is. Oh, my dad, my dad, is the best dad. I can't share my dad with anyone else. I remember then when I went home and I saw the grandchildren, uh, mom's grandkids, they didn't want me to call mom, mom. They said, no, she is our nana, she's not your mom. And I said, no, she is my mom. And no, they want to call that because they just want to be associated with their nana. And at times, mom would be harsh on them and even beat them. But still, they would come back and say, "Man, we love you. Nana, we love you. Nana, you are the best. You know? So this is also what happened to Jonah. He misbehaved, and now he's there in the fish belly, enjoying and not enjoying. And now in chapter 3, we are going to see now, Jonah has been spit by the fish. I'm just thinking about that moment that the fish just spit him. What comes to your mind? Have you ever enjoyed seeing, uh, smelling the vomit? Oh, yeah. It smells awful. Doesn't even feel like enjoying it. And so I think when John was fit, it's just my thinking. He was smelling awful. Three days, three nights, no showering. I don't think in that belly there was a shower. <laughs> it was just awful, and he had to shower and be presentable, and then. Now we are going to chapter 3 and we are going to learn about what happened after he was bit by the fish. So welcome and my topic today is the God of Second Chance. Oh, we serve a God of Second Chance. Sometimes when you do something nice to a friend, I'm going to talk about something that happened to me this week. This is my birthday month, and it started on last week on Thursday. We had an office meeting at work, and they all sang birthday song to me, and I was like, really? It's it's still too early, it's not even two weeks, it's towards the end, but they sang happy birthday, and I was so, so grateful. Then two days ago, the ladies at work surprised me, they made me a nice doll. Because there's a lady who wanted to give me a dog, and I said, no, thank you, I don't, have, I don't like pets. I travel a lot. So then he to make me a nice dog. And so I got to work, and I open my locker, and the dog is just sitting there. And I was like, what? What is this? And the ladies were not there in the room, but they had set a camera, and I was shocked. So when I went into the factory, they said, Hi, how are you? I said, what did you do into my locker? And they looked at each other and they laughed. And I said, oh, wow, this is so nice. I just love it. And they said, do you like it? I said, I like it. But it wasn't what I was expecting. And they just wanted to get that approval that I it. Sometimes you do you something and you just want someone to say, wow, you have done so great. But sometimes they get grumpy, especially... When I do something great, I make a special cup of a and I say, oh, here, enjoy. And he says, oh, thank you. How is it? Yeah, it was good. I'm expecting him to be so excited. and say, oh, that was awesome. Nah. He's just saying, yeah, it was good. And I'm like, okay. Do you want a toast? Uh, I can make it. Toast. And you know, I don't know how to use Vegemite. So one day I decided to put toast. I I, I put the butter and Vegemite and peanut butter on top. Also. <laughs> not what he wanted, And so even in the Bible it has happened to Jonah. There was a special tone that happened to Jonah. Let's look at Jonah chapter 3 verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Okay, just that first part. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Now, let's go to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. What does it say? Jonah 1? (laughs) It's there, Dennis. Jonah chapter 1. Can you read it for us? Yeah, it just says, now the word of the lord came to jonah the son of amitai saying okay john that's chapter chapter one verse one yep. okay go and read chapter three verse one that's a now the word of the lord came to jonah the second time same. awesome 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 <laughs> uh someone else with a bible oh thank you dennis Chapter 1 says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Anyone else with another version? Chapter, chapter 1, verse 1. The Lord gave his message to Jonah, son of Amittai. All right. Chapter 3, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. No, okay. Thank you so much. Now, 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 now. Those two verses, they look kind of the same, don't they? Yeah. But the second the, the second time, some Bibles they start with then, some Bibles start with now, and some Bibles say the second time. And I was surprised when Pastor said, you know, some verses are written in the Bible, and then when they are repeated the second down, second time, there's something there. Now It is the idea of the throne that is really important. In this chapter, we see Jonah preaches a sermon that has been given by God to go and speak to the people of Ninevites. And so this time, he's just been spit by the fish and the Lord is speaking to him now second time. You know, even at times when you beat a kid because he has misbehaved, he becomes very obedient. And then when you say that child, the child will go running Because he has known the consequences. Now the Lord has has spoken to Jonah the second time. Mm. Alright. So this time the tone has changed. Let's let's go to Jonah chapter 3 verse 2 and continue there. Dennis, thank you. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. What did the word say? Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Did Jonah run this time? No. What does the Bible say? Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord. Let's continue. Went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. I believe it must be a bigger city than Meribah. Yeah and it's also a bigger city. I don't know how you can compare it. Is it bigger than Ballarat? It was, maybe, maybe. But now this time, Jonah has been sent by God and he didn't even want to say, but I'm still trying to clean myself and I need to shower and, you know. The Bible says he went, mm-hmm. he went. and so this time he goes to speak this word but my question was this second time that Jonah was sent to go to Nineveh what does the Bible tell us about Jonah delivering the the message he spoke in five words with a lot of passion he stole I think he was he didn't go there and cry oh you people of Nineveh! No. He went there with a lot of passion. And he talked to them. And he told them. What did he say? Let's continue there and see. He went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a large city. Let's go to the north. 40 more days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. That is the message that Jonah gave to these people. Fourteen more days and he never will be overthrown. And the people realized, wow, this man is telling us this with a lot of passion. He's not even saying, oh, I feel sorry for you. No, he's telling us the truth. Receive it or leave it. Well, I believe this was a... Sh- just a word that people in Nineveh never wanted to listen or to hear. And when they heard it, they were shocked. And they didn't know what to do. And the Bible says, even the king, he did the unbelievable. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on a sackcloth. Let's go on to the next verse. Mmm. Next, the never believed in God. Yeah. Yeah, sure. When Jonah warning reached the king, that's the next verse. Yeah. Go on. That's the one I want. Yeah. Thank you. That's the first part but it comes on a double screen, okay? Okay. The never believed God A fast was proclaimed and all of them from the greatest to the least put on a sackcloth. When Jonas won and reached reached the king of Nineveh he rose oh dear he rose from his throne from his throne I can't read on this screen (laughs) took off his royal covered himself with and what did he do? Imagine a king doing things like that. Wow. Next one. Okay. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, hearts or flocks, test anything. Do not let them eat or drink. It's a new fast here. Next. Do not let people... (laughs) But let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Uh Uh-huh. Longer. Who knows, God may relent and with compassion turn from the fierce anger so that we will not perish. Mm-hmm. When God saw what they did and how they turned their evil ways, he relented, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. Thank you so much. Wow. Now, I just wanted us to have a look at all that so we understand what I'm talking about. When you read the verse, it's like the story is starting again. The verse starts with then or now or the second time. But there is a difference between this verse and the first verse. And the difference is just what I talked about. Sometimes when you start a computer, when you open your computer, it doesn't work very well. And you decide to reboot it. Same with cars. I wish it would be the same with people, but, well, we need that reboot when we come back to the Lord. Thank you so much, Stuart, for that. In verse 2, we see God calls Nineveh a great city. It's not that city. It's not that that city is very big. No, it's because he wants that city to turn to him to be one of the greatest cities, to proclaim the message that I give you. That's the message that Jonah was given by God. He said, go and proclaim the message that I give you to that great city. That shows that God had that great love for Nineveh. Let's go to verse 3. Don't show it. I'm just explaining because we've already read it. Okay, between verse 3 and 4. In verse 3 and 4, we see Jonah goes out of Nineveh to preach. And it says it took three days. His sermon said... 40 more days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. There is no mention of if you repent and there is no response. No call to come to God so that you can be spared. No, he just said that. Then the people of Nineveh realized, wow, things are not working well. So they believed in God, they threw themselves to God, and they took that message, they received it into their hearts with a lot of heaviness wow i didn't know the same story is spoken about in the new testament in the book of luke chapter 11 verse 30 it talks about it again where it says for as jonah was assigned to the ninevites so also will the son of man be to this generation when we go to verse six to uh uh, six and verse, verse six to verse eight we see what they responded like. They decided to turn from their evil ways and stop being violent. They were known to be very violent abrupt. They were all famous for being the worst peoples. And so the kings and armies of Assyria, they were even known to be very, very brutal in their practices when they were doing the battle. But when they heard about this, they turned their hearts to God, and even the king, he decided to humble himself, and he calls the Ninevites and he tells them the same. and he encouraged people to go without food, without water, for a period of time a time, and then they should wear sackcloth. in other words. Deny yourself completely and throw yourself to God so that God can have mercy on us. Mm. And then verse 9 talks that talks of there now being a hope. He says, at least if we do this, who knows? God may change his mind. We see the Ninevites had hope. They repented genuinely and they were seeking that restoration genuinely. God does see the changes and he, he makes that changes in us if we do them genuinely. Now when you look at chapter, uh, verse 10 it is like a conclusion where it talks that uh, it, it tells us that God sees the response of the Ninevites and he responded by changing his mind about their fate, And that is the end of that chapter. My question is, what does that imply to us as Christians? And this is not going to be just as Christians. It's just (laughs) as you, because you and me, we are the church. What does this mean to us? Repentance starts with us. Up to now, we have seen the whole story of Jonah. When he started by running away, then he learns the lesson in chapter 2. And now in chapter 3, God is sending him the second time. And before we share anything about God's mercy, it means that we have to experience it. You cannot go and share about salvation to someone outside unless you've received it in your heart. You cannot go and share about healing unless you've also received it in your heart. So in us as Christians, as church, we need to receive Christ and have him in our hearts. Fully and dedicated, so that as we go out and speak to the people around the community, our friends, our neighbors, we are talking about something we have experienced. Point number two the truth, true faith, and repentance will involve the transformation of our lives and our community. God calls His people to manifest their inner faith through outer outward signs and fruits. In other words, we need to do what we talk about. Walk the talk, as we always say. James one twenty two. it says, let's not deceive ourselves. Speaking about something different and doing it a different way. The Ninevites, they described how it means to repent. They didn't play a game with God. They made it with their hearts. They gave it completely with their hearts. And they turned from injustice. And they made their ways right with God. And that is the same way we need to do. We as Christians. We as church. If we repent, we need to repent. Completely with our hearts. Dedicate yourself to God. Serve God. Have that relationship with God. Have that intimacy with God. Otherwise, we are just lying ourselves. If you want to know more about that, go and read the book of Isaiah 58, verse 6 and 7, where it talks about the importance of not having just inner change, but also having that outer change. You cannot have that relationship with Jesus, believe in Him, have Him in your heart, love Him, and also pretend and do something different. In other words, whatever is in your heart is reflected in your actions. Number three, we are all called to communicate God's love to the cities, to the community, to the people around us, so that they can also realize what we have to. But we cannot communicate this to them if our actions are wrong. The people around us, the community, they will not even go to read the Bible. They will not have time to read the Bible. They just want to see our actions, our character in the community, with our family, with our children, with our neighbors. How is our character? How is our motivation as Christians? Do we... Feel motivated to keep talking about God and sharing, and doing those right things. God has created a world in which there are natural consequences toward injustice. So, we need to understand that the kingdom of God that Jesus preached and inaugurated in His life, death, and resurrection is God's vision for a just and reconciled world. This one tells me something. We cannot say that we are practicing love as church and yet we don't practice it into the community. We need to exercise this kind of love even to the people around us. We need to express this kind of love of God even to the community so that they can realize that Here we have people who love God. There's something special with them. Let's go and get to understand what is it that is so special about them. Even when they are sick, they just want to serve God. Even when things are not working, they just want to serve God. They are communicating with their characters. I love what Lois does. She calls the people who are not saved and the Christians and brings them together to have lunch together. That's amazing. I love what Jade is doing. She wants to go and visit the homeless. And she has been doing this for years and years and years. Now, this is the time we as church, that we should know that this is a mission, and we need to support it. We can support it by praying. It's not about Jade, It's about the mission. It's about reaching to the people out reaching to the homeless, reaching to those who are disabled, reaching to those who are unfortunate, reaching those people who cannot help themselves. With this love of giving, love of sharing, even visiting a friend, visiting friends, we sisters we are so happy that now Lina is home. We can just pop in any time. She doesn't. If you call Lina, I'm coming. She'll t- just come. No worries. I'm here, and she will never lack words to talk to you. Go to Shelly's place. She will make sure that you eat and drink. And even when you are going home, she will say, "Did you enjoy the meal?" That is the love. That is the love. Go to Peter's place. Wow, I love the punch. He has that love. The sisters and the brothers that show that kind of love. How about us as a church doing this to the community? How about if we have a day to just have that kind of love, hospitality to the community? Now Jade is going to to Melbourne to do that. It's really far. But you can make a beanie, give her to take. You can make some, there's a list there. You can make some things, give her to take, or give those people who are going to take. It's not about Jed, it's not about Pastor Stewart, it's about us doing the ministry for the love of the people who are the homeless. Number four, in everything, tone is very important. Jonah was so abrupt, he enjoyed preaching the word. He did it with joy, passion, and wholeheartedly, not with tears and mercy, because he couldn't wait for God's armor to fall on them. And God is gracious and full of mercy. And out of this, he wanted the best to come for the people. How can we get the right tone when we are doing the mission? How can we do that? We can do that by doing it genuinely. We just give it genuinely, not, ah, this is just too much. No, just let us do it genuinely with a lot of love, out of our self-righteousness. And so if we want to call people to respond to God's grace and mercy, then our tone is very important. You can't go and tell someone, Judy, if you don't get saved, you're going to burn. I tell you, and you know how you're going to burn? Burn and burn and burn. Judy will mm. just look at me and think, oh, she's lost the plot. <laughs> but that's not the thing. We need to talk to them. Oh, yeah, you've seen how I've been going, and I thank God, this Father, Lord, has been with me. And you don't just start by saying, you need to get saved. No, let them just feel it like I'm ready to get saved. And that's how I did with Joy, who was a Muslim. She kept telling me about the Quran, and I kept sharing about God and how God is good to me. And I said, I her to pray to her God as I pray to my God. And then one day she realized, wow, I think Ellen's God is better. And she got saved. Out of that tone, good tone, talk to people. Encourage them. Build them. Be very close to them. Remember, we as church... We are like a lighthouse. We are the light. We are a warning and a beacon of hope. We are the light to all the nations. And that's why we see this little light of mine. If I might ask you, when you are home, are you a light? Or are you dimming a bit, or do you change? And then on Sunday when you come to church, wow, you are the light, but on Monday, no. We are a towing vessel, pushing and pulling in the right direction, getting active, working toward justice. Just as James is saying, be doers of the word, not just hear us. In everything we do, Ninevites have just changed their hearts and all of a sudden God has changed instead of overthrowing that city now it has become a great city of the lord they've received the message with their hearts the same to us as church the lord has spoken to us we've given ourselves fully to god but i want to encourage you the way you've given yourself fully to god can we share this love of god that he has given us the mercy to that person next to us, that person outside, to the community, so that they can see the God who works wonders in us through our character? Can we be doers of the word and not hearers hear only? Is it possible for us as Christians to live a life worthy to bring someone to Christ? God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you in Jesus name. Amen.